Hello, this is Robert Barge. Welcome to Redemption's Table, where every week we will gather around this table with a special guest to explore the most appetizing ingredient in this menu called life, redemption. I believe in redemption. I believe everybody hungers for redemption, everybody. And the truth is, redemption is all around us every day. It is a recipe that God the Creator sets before us every single moment of our lives. Unfortunately, so much emphasis is placed upon the bad, many have difficulty seeing, experiencing, and tasting the good. So I'm setting out on a journey, going table to conversation, to accentuate the reality of redemption in the lives of everyday people like you and me. A reality that, I believe, finds its ultimate expression in Jesus of Nazareth, who is the not-so-secret ingredient to the redemption we all seek. So, come hungry, join the meal, because Party of Redemption, your table is now ready. Welcome to Redemption's Table. This is Thanksgiving week, and I trust and pray that wherever you are, that you are beginning to contemplate Thanksgiving, all the many things you have to be thankful for, all the many ways that God has blessed your life. Last couple of days that has hit me of uh, I've begun to get caught up in the season and, and I hope the same is for you and one of the many things I'm thankful for is are those who listen to this podcast who have uh, tuned in at this particular time. So thank you for being with us. And we are at Redemption's Table, and today's special table guest is... Greg Duke. Greg. Yep. Welcome to the table, Greg. Thanks for having me. Yeah, glad oh, to be here. Now, where are we right now? We're at Chappie's Deli in uh, Prattville, Alabama at the High Point Shopping Center. And why did you choose Chappie's Deli for us? Because <clears throat> I love coming to Chappie's Deli. It is a place that I'm here. I told you earlier about three or four times a week. Just good food. I uh, get to see a lot of friends usually here during lunchtime, so it's my third place. I don't know if that communicates. Uh, so, like, uh, there are places, you know, the home that you're, that's your first place. Your work is your second place. The third place is where you tend to go to. It's not your work, not your home. It's where you go often. All right. For some people, it's a coffee shop. For me, it's Chappies. Okay. Well, I like your third place. There you go. I do too. Thank you. I've been eating at Chappies since I moved back into Alabama. It's good. Awesome. It's a local deli. Yep. Very good. They are in Montgomery and Prattville. Yep. What'd you have today? I had the Athenian salad. Uh, and that was it. Okay. With an extra piece of chicken for extra protein. Gotcha. And I had the maple turkey croissant sandwich. Mm-hmm. Kind of getting ready for Thanksgiving there. Maple and turkey. Yep. It was good. Good. It was good. Well, I'm glad you're with us. I'm glad you're here with me. It was a good table. Been good getting to know you three different times, three different tables, because uh, you were you were the first podcast for whatever reason. We had tech problems last time mm-hmm. and decided to do a redo. So thank you for your willingness to come again. Absolutely. And you're also the first person that has been double recommended to sit down to a Redemption Stable podcast. Chuck Connor, who's been on the podcast twice, recommended you. Right. And Abigail Douglas as well. Yeah, yeah. Two great folks. Yeah. Uh, I know Abigail from, she was our artist in residence Mm -hmm. about a year ago uh, at the church I'm the pastor of. And then I've known Chuck for, I think last time I told you, 25 years has actually been like 30 years. Okay. Uh, Both from... 
uh, music and just friendship over the years. Okay. One of the things when we did the last podcast, you talked about one time that you were up in Nashville. Right. Recording some songs, I think you said. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Chuck woke you up at 5 a.m. playing the drums. Yeah, he uh, he roomed with a guy named Danny Duncan. Danny's a, a producer; has been up there for years. But he and Danny had a, a home together uh, when they first moved, both moved to Nashville. And I stayed in that home, and Chuck was rehearsing at five five thirty in the morning, <laughs> just playing drums. And that's how I woke up. And yeah, it was fun. Yeah, <laughs> great alarm clock. That's yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And I think you, you said after that you didn't see him for years. Oh yeah, yeah, it was, it was years. He went on tour with uh, Jeff Moore in the distance, and uh, yeah, I didn't see him for probably five six years. Yeah, but he's a good guy, very good guy. Yeah, both he, Abigail, quality, yep. quality uh, people, absolutely. Yeah. And you are as well. Thank you. I'm glad. I think their uh, recommendations spot on. Awesome. If your name was in the dictionary, lo and behold, there's Greg Duke in the dictionary, and you read the definition. What does your definition say about you? Well, I know this. Uh, it, it means that I am a joyful, gregarious leader. So my first name is James, uh, which means a leader, and then Gregory, gregarious. Uh, so I hope that I'm living up to that, that name. That's awesome. Yeah. When you shared I'm that glad one. you didn't ask me about the encyclopedia, because that might be different than the dictionary version. But. Yeah. I looked up my name, because okay. uh, last time I was at a complete loss, I was like, right. I don't even know what my name means. And I'm Robert Miles Barge. I found out uh, Robert means bright fame, which I'm like, okay. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Time will Sometimes tell. Some days I don't feel so bright, and fame, I don't think I'm there yet. Yeah. Uh, in God's eyes, uh, yeah. bright fame. Miles means mercy, okay, or merciful, which I think that's cool. That's good. And then barge, uh, it's a large he, boat. Yeah, he who hauls a lot of freight over <laughs> water. So <laughs> I'm mercifully hauling freight over water. Whatever that's that good. means. <laughs> a lot of mercy. We'll just go with that. How about yeah. that? You carry a lot of mercy. Uh, I hope so. There you go. There you go. <laughs> okay, so that's the definition of Greg Duke. Yep. What are three? Quirky things about Greg, Greg Duke. Oh man, quirky things. Quirky things. You uh, shared a couple with me last time. I didn't ask this question, but so I'm that guy that I never thought I'd be that guy. I, I correct people's English. I don't know why. I, I try not to. Uh, as of late, my my oldest son and I we've we've begun correcting in the negative. So if someone uses proper English, we'll try to mess with them and tell them that they're saying it improperly mm-hmm. and just to really watch the confusion on their face it's a little bit quirky <laughs> um, I drive like I'm not there's anything wrong with 89 year old people that drive but I drive like a very old man my wife tells me my children tell me I'm just very slow I don't know if it's quirky or cautious um, I don't know I don't know what a third one would be okay uh, you said your favorite drink uh, buttermilk buttermilk I do love yeah. buttermilk yeah yeah Huge fan. I love buttermilk too. I haven't had it in a long time. Okay, yeah. McGurg Buttermilk is a very good brand. McGurg. I think that's how you spell it. Or how you say it, McGurg. Okay. I'll have to check that out. Very good. Yeah. It's good for you. Also, like eggnog too. I don't like eggnog. eggnog. Really? Sweet and weird tasting. But buttermilk I can do. Okay. (laughs) And the other thing you said, you wanted to, well, yeah, you said you wanted to do a PhD in. I wanted to do a PhD in uh, church history, more specifically in Puritan uh, writings, because mm-hmm. uh, I love 
reading old Puritan works. Yeah. I love the way they write. I love the content that they write. I love that um, when you read when you read Puritan literature, Puritan theological works, their their aim is at the heart. Mm-hmm. Um, their aim is to impact the way people live. And I know other you know modern writers do similar, but it just seems like they're just really directed at the heart. Uh, it's usually very poetic kind of stuff as well. So I kind of I like that. You kind of steered yeah. me in the direction of some of those writers last time, and I did mm-hmm. check out Boothius, right? Which I think is a book you're currently reading right now. Yeah, uh, the guy's name was Boothius, and he was actually not a Puritan, but he's from the sixth century uh, A.D. So he's an old guy. He's dead, but uh, <laughs> still still a good writer. Kind of a uh, Christian philosopher uh, more than anything. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. When you mentioned. The- Puritans, you'd like to read Puritan writing, and I thought, well, you're coming into your holiday. There you go. There you go. Thanksgiving. Yeah, yeah. Season. And, and, you know, I'll I'll still read, and I still have a ton of Puritan books. I may never get that PhD, but I'll still know what they're they're thinking about, talking about. Well, I think it's fascinating. You're fascinated about it because it's, it's... John Ortberg wrote a book several years ago, and I love the title. Actually, the title, I like his books. This title was actually better than the book. Uh, it's a great book, nevertheless. Everybody's normal till you get to know them. Okay. And yeah. uh, I'm the quirkiest of the quirky, so. Uh, uh, what are your three quirky oh, wow. things? Oh, See, wow. See, I turned the tables oh, on Oh, you. thank you. You did. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Uh, man. <laughs> it's hard. Carry on. That's it's, fine. It's okay. I come back to that. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I mean, I am quirky. I, I, I listen to music. I, any particular day, I can come up with a soundtrack and right. wrap it around that day. And I'm not talk, talking about just the lyrical. I'm talking about music from soundtracks. Mm-hmm. I'm a soundtrack collector. Have been for years. Something about film, music, very <clears throat> emotional. Uh, kind of strikes a chord deep within me, and right. no words are being communicated. So that's one of my quirky. That's part of my quirkiness. Yeah, uh, I got a lot. A lot. I mean, yeah, we can take three hours of therapy here, and I can't. yeah, yeah, it's fine. <laughs> it's like we, uh, uh, one of the churches I was in, we talked about. You know, we use the EGR. Some people are, you know, they're EGR. Does mm-hmm. that communicate? Mm-mm, so no. EGR would be there's extra grace required <laughs> when working with this person, this in- individual, and you know, you laugh about it, but then we would always follow up and say, but. You're also someone else's EGR, yeah. so just keep that in mind. You know, we all kind of we're all quirky. We all have our unique things about us. So yeah, I like that EGR. I like that. Yeah, well, mine's off the chart. So. <laughs> <laughs> A lot EK, of great EKG EGR. EKG. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, those things are who you are. That you know yeah. your definition. Um, what are some of the roles where you serve God? <clears throat> as who you are well so I'm a husband to Courtney for coming up on 25 years great great role that I've enjoyed um, I fail miserably at it from you know time to time but other days I'm just the best husband in the world she would tell you that uh, so husband father I have three sons um, love them dearly those are two of the best best roles that I have and that, that I serve in and then um, I've been a, a youth pastor, I've been an assistant pastor and um, church planter, and now the pastor of a church here in Prattville called Riverside Presbyterian. So, okay. um, And being a church planter, a lot of different hats worn with that. 
Um, planting a church requires some administrative gifts, mm-hmm. uh, certain uh, evangelistic gifts, you know, pastoral gifts, reaching out to folks. Um, and then I did music for a while, you know, also in that church plant and prior to uh, ministry. So, yeah, a lot of different hats. Okay. A lot of different roles. Wow. So you're, when you lead worship, mm-hmm. you are leading all of it. Is that correct? Well, <clears throat> so sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. We, we have, so it started with Abigail. Okay. A couple of years ago, we did the Artist in Residence. Which I think is amazing. Where we bring in a musician that will come, and they have the freedom to tour during the week, you know, to go out. But as long as they're with us on Sunday to kind of help lead the, the song. Yes, I'm doing great, yeah. Uh, doing the, um, the song portion of our worship, you know, they're able to do that. And so... Uh, before she came, yes, I was doing the, the music and the preaching and everything associated with corporate worship. But now we have another guy, good low chill cut, uh, that, that helps lead music. So, okay. Yeah. All right. You're a songwriter as well? I am. I write songs. I don't know that I could say that I'm a songwriter. Okay. I write songs. I've written songs in the past. It's uh, something I love to do, but yeah. I think that's one of the things that Chuck told me about you is he accentuated your songwriting. Right. Um, said you had some good songs. Uh, Thank you, Chuck. Yeah. Uh, pick one. Pick one that you, lyrically. I think the last time I asked you if you were a lyricist or in the music, and you said lyricist. Yep. Uh, but pick one of the songs. Just kind of unwrap it for us. Uh, uh, okay. Um, trying to trying to think of one that, that somebody could actually find and listen. I only have two that are currently on Spotify. There's one called Love Is, which is basically 1 Corinthians 13, kind of a take on you know the scripture's definition of what love is. I wrote that song for my brother-in-law and sister-in-law um, as they were getting married. Not, not believers, but I just wanted to find a way to work the gospel into their marriage, whether they wanted it or not. Right. And, and so uh, I just kind of... I, Put, put the, the first verse was just talking about the joys of, you know, a man who can make the girl laugh and they just have this beautiful love coming together. And then the chorus is straight out of 1 Corinthians 13, uh, hoping that maybe that'll have an impact in their life uh, for years to come. We'll see. That's cool. So, yeah. So you're dealing with words in worship through song, mm-hmm. words in worship through sermons. That's a lot of creativity there. Mm-hmm. Kind of explore that musically and sermonically, mm-hmm. uh, the the power of creativity and the importance of creativity mm-hmm. in worship. Because when we talked last time, we talked, we both agree. Uh, there seems to be at times lack of creativity in worship. Yeah, and uh, we talk about that, explore that theme. Yeah, I mean words are um, words are wonderful. I think sometimes you have to realize why we, or I have to be reminded why we have words, right? So there's a word that I discovered a year or so ago, uh, petrichor. 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 Okay. And uh, it literally is a word that's used to define the smell of the earth after rain. Ooh. You know that, that oh, sweet, kind of beautiful, that huh. that's petrichor. Now, I could use that in a writing or in a sermon just... I, you know, I could speak of how the grace of God is a refreshing petrichor of, and fill in the blank, and I could totally lose my audience. What in the world are you talking about, petrichor? It would mean something to me, but maybe not to them. Right. So 
words are wonderful, they're beautiful, but you have to remember their purpose, and their purpose is to communicate and to know who you're communicating with and to. Mm-hmm. So, um, and you know, even 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 if I use a word that would cause someone to go and try to find out, mm-hmm. what is he talking about when he says petrichor? It's kind of like when I read the Puritans. I told you that, you know, a lot of times I will have one of their books in my right hand, and I'll literally have an Oxford dictionary nearby in my left hand to mm-hmm. try to find out what was this word that they, what does that mean, you know? And when I find it, I go, wow, that's such a beautiful meaning that they just said. Yeah. And I continue on with the reading, so. And I do the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I'm continually checking out words. By the way, Thanksgiving coming up, there's something new for me to be thankful for, petrichor. There you go. Because I love that smell. Yeah. I love yeah. the smell of whatever the word is before the rain comes. Before, okay. The, it, that scent is in the air. Yeah. Uh, but wow. Yeah. And I guess going back to the quirky question, I think I have two more. It's like oh, the yeah. genie with three wishes. Uh, you know, for me, it's I, I'm, I can get uh, amazingly absorbed with words. And when I write, I, I will write words not intending to put a word there it's just mm-hmm. the way the thought falls into place mm-hmm. and comes to me and i feel like okay that came right it was supposed to be this way i'm not going out of my way to use big words sure it just but because if you ever hear me talk matter of fact from time to time somebody will look at me and say i can't believe you talk for a living because yeah. i'm so uh i don't know uh, almost like a andy griffith type of you know yeah. just kind of well uh, and also too i mean you can tell Sometimes, like I'm the same way. I'll, I'll be speaking, and I'll, I'll, you know, I won't be on my manuscript or on my notes, and I'll be sharing some thought, and I'll use a word, and even as I say it, why in the world did I use that word? Mm-hmm. And it's because of stuff that I'm reading. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm in that that text or in those same kind of thoughts, and yeah. it just kind of comes out. So, let's talk a little bit about your redemption story. Where's your journey of redemption taking you? Well, uh, it will take me in the end uh, to my ultimate reward, and that's to see and to enjoy my Savior. And uh, I'm 51. Um, I'll be 52 next year. I came to know Christ when I was 18. 18? I really came to understand my faith when I was 18. I think, you know, how do I know the moment that I truly became a Christian? I don't know, but, you know. I, I know that I knew Jesus when I was 18. I, I made a profession of faith when I was much younger at the age of eight. Uh, I come from a uh, divorced family. My mom and dad divorced when I was younger. Lived in Alabama until I was 12, then moved to California. And uh, from 12 to 18, lived out there and made some horrible decisions. And um, But when I came back to visit my mom, I heard the gospel again. I knew that I was, I knew that I needed Christ in my life. Mm-hmm. No one had to con- convince me that I was a sinful person. I knew that I was, and um, so yeah, I just asked Jesus to save me, and He did, and uh, kind of rebuilt me from the inside out. And thankfully, put me around some men that discipled me and taught me how to read the Bible, how to meditate on Scripture, how to memorize Scripture, how mm-hmm. to how to say you know no to sin and yes to godliness, those kind of things. That, that I needed to know. Yeah. So, yeah. When we talked last time, you shared a little bit about something that happened to you out in California. Yeah. And it yeah. put you in a situation where somebody raised a question and a question yep. that kind of rung your bell. You yep. Were- so part of my part of my story of being uh, away from Christ, you know, even though I'd uh, I'd always believed, growing up in a Christian home, I truly did always believe that 
God existed. I've never, you know, I've had, I've had questions, you know, do I really believe what I believe, you know, um, that have occurred from time to time, but I've just always believed that, that God exists and that he is. I have some more water. Thank you. Um, and uh, sweet, sweet tea, yes, man. Thank you. Uh, but yeah, when I was in when I was in California, again, made some really foolish decisions. One of them was uh, stealing a car with some friends that that gave me some time to to spend um, thinking about my decisions. So I was in in a youth facility for a while, and uh, while I was there, I stole. I'm good. No man, no man. Thank you. I actually. Borrowed for a long term. I, I took a, a a Bible from a kid that was was a couple of bumps down from me, and I started reading it. And I started reading, uh, in particular, the Book of Romans, and it just really made sense. You know about the sinfulness of man, the brokenness of man, man's inability to keep the law. I knew that I couldn't keep the law. Uh, the gospel was present, but while I was there, there was a um, a group that came to to sing and to share the gospel through music and. The other guys that were there in that facility, they knew that I sang, and so they kind of goaded me up to go and sing a song, and so I sang the only Christian song I knew, which was Amazing Grace. I knew every word to it, and uh, by the end of the song, I was just weeping openly, and the, the leader of that band looked at me and said, what do you know about grace? And it wasn't a, in a mean way. He just, you know, what, what, do you, what do you know about grace? And so that question just kind of made me start thinking uh, about what I believed about the gospel. Mm-hmm. All I could tell him was my dad was a preacher, my papa was a preacher, you know, I grew up going to church, but I didn't know what grace was. And uh, But certainly when I was 18, uh, I knew grace. Yeah. And I've known it since, yeah. you know, I'm very thankful for it. Because, I mean, it, it. that's why I said, you know, I'm still, I'm still a product of grace. I haven't arrived, none of us will, until, you know, we are in heaven. But right. knowing that God began a good work in us. He'll be faithful. He'll complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's grace is one of those words, but also one of, one of those great truths in Scripture. Never going to get to the bottom of it. Right. Never going to fully comprehend it. Mind blowing. Mm-hmm. Because we still, I'm speaking personally, we we just still want to prove mm-hmm. we're worthy or mm-hmm. earn something. Right. It's like kind of the mentality of our culture. Yeah. And, uh, well, that's the way we're raised. I mean, yeah. you do well in school, you get the grades, you know, you do well in sports, you get the position, uh, you know, you, you do well, then you get, you know, yeah. you do well in your work, you'll get the promotion or you'll get the pay raise. Um, grace is not that way. Grace is, you get. Yeah. You've done nothing for it. I'm just going to give it to you. Yeah. And um, it's there, and, yeah, and it's there. And you know, you could. Some people would say, "Well, if you if you say that grace is like that, if you tell people that they're going to go to heaven, and it doesn't depend at all on what they do, mm-hmm. then they'll do whatever they want to do." And this is not my own thought. I can, some old Puritan, I'm sure, said, "No, you know, if you teach people that it is all about grace and mm-hmm. that God does it all." Then they'll do whatever he wants them to do. You know. Then you yeah. really, you live for his glory because this is all about him. Yeah. It's nothing about what I've done. It's about what he's done for me. So, yeah. in our culture, sometimes you'll hear this said: uh, everybody gets a medal. 
but grace is really not even like that. It's available. That metal is available, so to mm-hmm. speak, to everybody, but you have to surrender to it. You have to put yourself under it. Right. And uh, so it's not just a matter of, ah, we, yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, whatever, y'all. Yeah. Whichever way, you, there are many roads to God. No, yeah. they're not. There's yeah. only one. And, uh, Man. It's funny. I had the thought earlier today. You know, you've seen the movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, or you've heard of I've, that, right? I've, yeah, I've seen it a long it, right? time ago. Yes, well, I've seen it. Yeah. Then I want to be a dog. <laughs> <laughs> but unfortunately, oh. you know, I'm not a dog. I'm a human, and so not all humans will go to heaven. Yeah. Sadly, and that's why we, you know, that's why we need the gospel. That's why it's good news. We need Christ. Yeah. Can't do it on our own. Yeah. So. What amazes you? What amazes you, or let me bring it, whittle it down. What has amazed you recently? Just went, wow. What has amazed me recently? Uh, I'm really, just really wowed by, like really just overwhelmed by. Um, I guess it it just continues, and this is going to sound like a Sunday school answer like I'm thinking you want me to answer this way but I continue to be amazed at grace yeah at God's mercy I mean I really do it's uh when you look and when I think about my life and we all you know we think about our lives compared to other people whether they're people that are doing better than or people that are doing worse than it really doesn't matter you know it's all about grace what God has done in me is what God has done in me I mean, it's only by His grace that I am a 51-year-old married man with three kids living in Pratt, Alabama, in this time and in this place. What did I do that would cause me to be who I am? Nothing. God made me exactly who I am and has blessed me in exactly the way that He has blessed me. Now, He could have, I could have been born in Bangladesh in 1236, but I wasn't. You know, and why? You know, it just, um, when you think about time and space and how God is outside of it, and here we are in the middle of it, that that God puts us where he's put us in this time and this place, it's all by grace. Everything that we enjoy. Yeah. Everything. And uh, there's a lot of Boothius coming out in what I'm yeah. saying right now, right. even as, as I say it, but I mean, it's true. It's just, uh, yeah, I'm amazed yeah. at his providence, at his goodness, because I don't deserve it. Yeah. There's nothing in me that, that makes me worthy of who I am. And I'm not that great. I'm not in such a great, lofty position. Mm-hmm. But maybe compared to a kid that was in Bangladesh in mm-hmm. the 1200s, I don't know. Yeah. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, it does. You were, as you were sharing about Boethius and the Constellation of Philosophy, is that mm-hmm. the correct right, title? Right. And you were talking about his circumstance, where he was when he wrote that book. Yeah. In prison. In prison. Yeah. For... Uh, sedition. Basically, they thought that he was, you know, going to overthrow the monarch or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, so yeah, he was he was in prison, thinking about, you know, his life and, mm-hmm. and how he had been stripped of everything, mm-hmm. and now uh, in prison. Yeah, and and finding you you shared a little bit, maybe what would the what was the ultimate outcome or the conclusion he had come to, and you brought it into context. I'd raised the question: What are you grateful for? Mm-hmm. And what was his? What what is? What had you gleaned from it? I guess just yeah, going back to that what I said earlier, just that everything that we have is everything that we enjoy is from the hand of a loving father, mm-hmm. 
and if he if he gives us little then finding contentment in that little if he gives us much then finding contentment in him even with that that much you know so Boothy has kind of landed at that point where he had been stripped of all of his you know everything that he enjoyed and he did enjoy a lot of wealth and a lot of family and prestige and that kind of thing and now he's in prison um, but in the end he just realizes that man all that he has is Christ yeah and that's good enough yeah you know that's really good enough yeah so the sovereignty of God yeah you know right he, he chooses yeah <laughs> what the day is right and uh, wow yeah yes that's another one of those words that to me I can huh this sovereignty right because that can be a mind-tripping word at times. It can, yeah, yeah especially for we Americans, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it's like the flag of Virginia, you know, with the the flag of Virginia. Mm-hmm. You've seen it. I've seen it. It's I'm got sure this picture. To it's got this picture of what appears to be it could be a, a female warrior, right, mm-hmm. with a with a spear at the throat of a defeated king with her boot or his boot. I don't know on the chest of this defeated king that okay. says, and the motto is, thus be the tyrants. Okay. You know, in the U.S., we don't really like the idea of kings and people mm-hmm. ruling over us. It's about rugged individualism. Um, but the gospel is about kingship. It's about the kingdom. Mm-hmm. And it's about us being in submission to his sovereignty and his rule and his reign in our lives. And, and him telling us how and when and, you know, how we're to live. And yeah us we're not going to do it perfectly but really trying to obey his his word his edict yeah <laughs> and he's a good king right so yes, he's he not is. he's not a tyrant so yeah. uh it's not like the flag of virginia uh we love the king we embrace him and because uh, he's good and solid so. and when you read jesus's words and what he taught it's all about the kingdom right uh, the question was raised in a devotional I was reading last week, I believe it was, do you consider Jesus your king or is you go to Jesus for counseling and, and a guide and the difference being, and he is all three of those things, but the difference being if you go to a counselor, your counselor might tell you something and then you decide, okay, I'll do it or I won't do it. Right. But with a king, a true king, king tells you to do something, you don't have a choice. That's right. You do it. You're a subject. You do it. Yeah. Instant obedience. Right. Don't question. You may not be happy doing it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> but okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 How many times have you asked yourself the question, Jesus, you want me to do what? Yeah. Several. Yeah. 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 Yep. Um, moral, you've probably run into this in your reading, moral therapeutic deism. Okay. Have you heard of this, this Probably phrase? Probably have, it's, but it didn't stick so in my like Much of the church in America is struggling with this idea of moral therapeutic deism is that we, I don't know that people do it consciously, but we use the gospel or we'll use Christianity to make us feel good mm-hmm. about life and what we're doing. It does feel good. I mean, there are mm-hmm. there's joy and there's blessing oh, yeah. in, in walking with Christ, but it ain't always easy. No. There are hard things that people have to endure. Yeah. And finding joy in the midst of that, you know, that's where the gospel really makes sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Yeah, because when he said, if anyone wants to be my disciple, deny yourself, well, there's surrender right there. Mm-hmm. I don't know very many people who enjoy surrendering. Right. 
take up your cross daily, well, there's sacrifice right there. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Ultimately, when the cross had fulfilled its uh, its uh, purpose, the victim was dead. Mm -hmm. And so the first two right there, you know, surrender, sacrifice, and follow me. Mm -hmm. So, And you're right, it is a life of joy. And it's a life of happiness, too. Mm -hmm. Deep happiness, but often, for, for me, Right. And I'm sure it's true for everyone. He's always nudging us and sometimes pulling or pushing us out of our comfort zone. Mm -hmm. If we're following him, that's where we're going. Right. Because there's no growth in complacency. Right. So. Yeah. And I'm fine. You know, I find from time to time it's always it's kind of like leadership. You know, if you want to if you want to grow as a leader, mm -hmm. be around leaders that are better than you. If I want to be you know, as a musician, I used to be a much better guitar player when I played with guys in Nashville, guys that were on tour, you know, because they were really good. So if you want to grow in your area of, of service and really following Christ, you know, be around people that are doing it. Mm -hmm. Not, you know, we all have friends and sometimes we're that friend, right? Mm -hmm. uh, extra grace required. But, but be around people that are really committed to and truly pursuing their walk with Christ and not in a cruise control mentality but they're just they're daily trying to pursue him and yeah and uh, you know walking with him one of my favorite verses in Proverbs iron sharpens iron mm -hmm. so one sharpens one, another yep, yep. Yeah. yeah I think I've already hinted on this question it is Thanksgiving this will come out Monday morning so three days from now Thanksgiving what are you thankful for and I can mention that word you used that I need to learn of the smell of the earth after what's it called? Petrichor. Petrichor. Yeah. Petrichor. That'll be one for me. What's one for you? Uh, I, I am just very thankful for my family. Mm -hmm. I really am. I'm thankful for my wife and my sons and just to you know 25 years of marriage uh, is, a, is a great blessing. I know if we're just if we're trying to make it to 50 we're halfway there and we do hope to be at 50 although that means I'll be 101 Ooh, okay so I don't know uh, but, but yeah, that, that, that I would have a that I would have a wife that would put up with me for 25 years it's yeah. just wonderful and again God just God's hand of grace yeah. and I recognize that and yeah. I see my sons and just how wonderful they're they're growing up it's just I'm a very proud proud father so I'm very thankful for my family yeah yeah. How old are your sons? Uh, let's see, 20, 18, and 15. Okay. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Thank you. Okay. So, it's a blessing. That's cool. My three sons. That's right. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm equally grateful for family. Mm -hmm. uh, my two children now, I have, uh, and, and their spouses, and two grandchildren. Uh, family is tremendously important. Grateful yeah. for that gift. Yep. Something else you're thankful for? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm thankful for the season that we're in with our church, um, the way God is moving, and just opportunities that we have to continue to love the city of Prattville and to be salt and light. A um, mm -hmm. lot of a lot of great ministries that are happening and things that are coming. Uh, so we're just in a fun season. Okay. We're a young church, you know, being a church plant. Um, so 
being in ministry for 25 years, a lot of my hospital visits were, and they were wonderful, mm -hmm. but to see elderly and infirmed, you know, those type of hospital visits. Now, most of my hospital visits are for babies being born. That's awesome. You know, every now and then a surgery or something like that, but we're just in a very young, growing kind of season yeah. as a church, so that's fun. That is awesome. I'm very thankful. Thankful for the ministry that God has me in. Yeah. yeah. I asked this question last time, and I know just as we kind of wrap up here and exit, uh, what does Jesus mean to you? Yep. Uh, he, means, uh, he means everything. I told you last time, I'll tell you again that, and please anyone correct me if ever I speak of him in past tense, you know, uh, we speak of Jesus was a good man or Jesus was the Son of God. No, he is. He is present. He is alive. He is real. Uh, he he is the Son of God. He he was and is completely divine, completely man. He's just um, he's my savior. He's truly my friend, uh, redeemer. Uh, he he is always for me and never against me. Has paid every penalty that I justly deserve, past, present, future sins that I committed yesterday, today, and. You know, ten years from now, he's got it covered, and I have that assurance in him. So, yeah, he's my righteousness. He's my hope. He's my peace. He's he's all I got. Yeah. Really, <laughs> yeah, really. It's my so. prayer. Whoever's listening to this podcast, or right as we come into Thanksgiving, that every person can say personally they are thankful for mm -hmm. him because they know who he is and what he's done. Yeah, you know, I think I think sometimes, and I share this as a youth pastor and as a minister, that, you know, you started off by asking, you know, who is Greg Duke, or what would the dictionary, so if you think about encyclopedia version of Greg Duke, or your own life, sometimes people will go, well, you know, I'm a, I'm a, you know, business owner, I'm married, I've got four children, uh, you know, I live in whatever city, I'm a Christian, you know, and the list of who they are kind of goes on. I think if you could imagine that list over the top of everything is that your identity would be that you're a Christian, you're a child of God, everything else is under that. So the way that you're a husband, the way that you are a business owner, the way that you're a father, where you live, all those things fall under the heading of your identity in Christ. And if we could, you know, if I can remember that, if I can see that, um, that's huge because that's where the gospel really has an impact yeah. when we know that we are loved by God again not because of anything that we've done but only because of what he's done and he just tells us trust him you know yeah. believe him believe in what he said believe in, in what he's done and he will he will lead us by faith he'll lead us by grace yeah so it's awesome yeah thank you Abigail Thank you, Chuck. And now, thank you, Greg. I appreciate Absolutely. you coming to the table. Yes, sir. It's been a pleasure. Let's do it again next week. Let's do it again next week. <laughs> we'll uh, leave the microphones behind me. Thank you. So, for all of those who are listening in, we wish you a happy, wonderful Thanksgiving. If you have not done so yet, let me encourage you to take the time to just spend, uh, spend some moments recording all that you have to be grateful mm -hmm. for. We have so much mm -hmm. 
to be thankful for. And that's true for every single one of us. So Party of Redemption, your table is now available. And the next time, it'll very soon have turkey on it. There so, you go. All right. Thank you, Greg. Absolutely. Thank you. Yes, Enjoyed sir. it. Yes, sir.